Friends, the Winnipeg Jets are going to keep on rolling with their season heading into 2023 with a big opponent coming up. The Winnipeg Jets are going to be facing the Calgary Flames. And while the Flames might not have been a scary team towards the start of the year, they've been on a much better run of form recently. We'll take a look at which players the Jets need to watch out for and how Winnipeg can prepare for what will be a tough opponent on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, we're going to be walking through Winnipeg's upcoming game against the Calgary Flames uh, and maybe some potentially interesting roster moves. Um, Well, I guess one for the Jets in particular that has caught uh, some attention for what it might mean for maybe the health of the Jets team. Uh, And also some interesting comments towards the end that I thought would be worth talking about from Rick Bonus. But let's start off with the Flames, right? So Calgary, you know, past couple of games, they're an interesting team. Uh, The Flames don't exactly have the best record this year, but when you look at some of the squads that they've beaten and that they've lost to, you see a team that has kind of struggled with consistency. You know, some nights they're taking on pretty decent opponents like the the Capitals and beating them. Uh, They've beaten, you know, uh, the Panthers recently. They've taken on... um, a couple of really difficult opponents, but you look at their record and like against teams that are either below them in the standings or even just slightly above them, they've got a bit of a mixed bag. Um, this team definitely has some issues with converting on scoring opportunities uh, in some games, but in others, you know, they, they've scored seven, you know, against the Sharks. So they can certainly take care of business against weaker opponents, but I don't know, something about this Flames team this year has been a little bit off and it's kind of hard to put your finger on it, right? And when you look at the Flames roster, you know, immediately there are some players that kind of pop off the page. Elias Lindholm has like 34 points in 37 games. Tyler Toffoli has an even uh, 15 and 15 split for goals and assists this year. Kadri has fit in like a glove. I mean, he's he's done a great job so far anchoring, you know, their top six. Um, But after that, you know, you've got a bit of a mixture, you know, a mixture of names, right? Huberto had a terrible start to the season past couple of weeks, he started finding his footing. And then you're kind of rolling into the bottom six with guys like uh, Dubay, Rizicka, Backlund. These guys have kind of bounced up and down the lineup at different times, all kind of depending, you know, depending on how Sutter feels their form is in game. What we traditionally see with the Flames is a very, uh, I would say, aggressive forechecking squad, a lot of shot attempts. And you know, it, it's been a bit of a, you know, mixed bag season for them. In some games, they have no problems converting and their power play can occasionally be dangerous. But other games, you know, they're trying to use Milan Lucic further up the lineup, trying to ground and pound their way to victory, and they're struggling to do it. So it's hard to know what kind of, you know, team we're going to see in tonight's game. And I think the Jets, they need to be careful, right? 
the Flames have recently had a bit of a grudge match against the, the, the Jets. There's a lot of bad blood between these two teams. For some reason, they've kind of become our, our rivals over the past few years. Uh, and maybe it, it's not really publicly acknowledged or even referenced in, in the media. But I think in terms of like Winnipeg's opponents, I would say that our our games against um, the Flames over the past few years might even exceed the nastiness that we've seen in the games against the Preds, right? The Preds were always thought to be, you know, one of Winnipeg's biggest nemesis. But now that the Preds kind of suck in, and certainly um, they don't really have the same fangs and teeth that they used to, the Jets have found, you know, a new bitter rivalry with this Flames team. And I expect Sutter will be, you know, very aggressive. I expect that their forechecking is going to be a pain. I could see a lot of big hits being delivered. And so the Jets are going to have to be on their best behavior. I think Winnipeg has a very winnable opportunity here. Markstrom hasn't exactly been great. Uh, and so I think there's a real chance to get to him early. But you know, Winnipeg's scoring depth right now is still a problem. And I don't think that's necessarily going to change later. But time. Apologies, we just dropped that for a second. It was just saying that, you know, even with the Jets uh, potentially getting a player back, obviously the offensive scoring depth is still a problem for this team. And Winnipeg is trying to figure out the best way to compensate. So far, I think Bones has done about as, as decent of a job managing the situation as you can. At some point, you just have to sort of lean on your goalie and hope that Hellebuck or Riddick is able to make a, a few extra saves because, um, you know, in terms of like offensive output, the Jets are not scoring a ton. Uh, you know, a lot of their goals have come on the power play, which I think Winnipeg has done a good job of, of creating some really dangerous opportunities. But at even strength, you know, the Jets, they're a little bit quiet. So Winnipeg really needs a big performance from their top six. I think the Shifley line really needs to get going. I'm not quite sure what the, the line combos are going to look like. I would expect some changes probably between uh, what we saw in their last game against the Oilers and what they do with this game against the uh, Flames. But if it is kind of the same arrangement, um, I mean, it's going to be a bit of a a mixed bag, right? I mean, this team, they're really skating on thin ice right now. And as much as they've done to rally around, you know, the, the healthy players and the coaching staff, at some point, the dam is going to break. And I think this team desperately needs some reinforcements and good news from somewhere. While I think the Jets have done a fantastic job of getting to this point, like I've said over the past few weeks, you can only rely on vibes and the existing cushion that they've built for themselves for so long before at some point the Jets are just going to have to make some really tough choices and look to maybe make a couple of deals. Obviously, trades are not exactly common around this time of the year, but I think Winnipeg would do really well to try and maybe look for somebody earlier and figure out how to reformat this team before it gets to the point where the Jets are going to be you know, competing with everyone else at the trade deadline. So food for thought, but... Uh, some food for thought that I want to discuss in just a little bit is um, the waving of one Jets player, what it means for the team, and maybe some interesting comments from Rick Bonus on how he wants to coach a lot of the youth and why I think this is a really positive direction for the overall philosophy of the organization. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. 
BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season. Whether you're looking to follow professional or amateur sports, they've got everything from NFL football to college bowl season. A lot of you have probably been following with the uh, the playoff run for the NCAA right now. Been pretty crazy. Everyone's talking about Tulane uh, or, um, and TCU, so a lot of interesting schools to follow around here, but uh, certainly... This is the best time if you're really wanting to cast a few bets, maybe read up and follow up on some of these great teams as they're trying for some of their Cinderella season stories. Now, obviously, you might be thinking, well, I don't just want to bet on sports. I also want to read and listen to it. And that's why BetOnline is fantastic, because they've not, you know, not only got great articles, but they've also got great sports podcasts. So, you know, if your life revolves around sports 100% of the time, guess what? BetOnline is the place for you. And as always, it is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. So if you're ready to get started, register for a free account right now at betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hey, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Jets. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're just walking through, of course, Winnipeg's upcoming game against the Calgary Flames and how the Jets might approach it. And we talked about the fact that it will be a tough matchup, but one that I think is relatively winnable for the Jets. Now, I also wanted to cover one other major roster move that I think signals something bigger for the Jets. But before we go any further, I just wanted to make sure that you check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's a daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. You'll also get NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every single team. Locked On NHL Prospects is available on YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And as always, it is free, free to subscribe, so please do so right now because, as always, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, circling back to uh, a Jets roster move that I think is worth spotlighting, Jansen Harkins has been waived. After a, a really hot start with the Moose and a hot start with the Jets for a few games, um, I think we kind of saw that Harkins sort of, I wouldn't say crashed back to earth, but had a bit of a, a, I guess, a reality check. And, you know, Harkins is one of those very interesting players where depending on what kind of statistical categories you're looking at, he's got a very unusual profile. In terms of being a play driver, right, Harkins is not really that guy. But when he when he's on a line or something, it seems like he generates uh, either good complementary scoring chances that, you know, kind of mesh well with top six talent, or he somehow uh, gets into like really high danger, low like slot area chances that really rack up the expected goals. And then when you look at the rest of his game, like turnovers that he commits, uh, how many transitions that he makes up and down the ice through all three zones, you you find that he's not really doing all that much in those categories. So he's had a strange, I would say, run of form recently. There are moments where I think you can see that he's a very good finisher. At times, I kind of feel like he's maybe something akin to like a poacher, right? A guy who can position himself in really dangerous scoring areas, but may not be as effective in stuff like build up and um, transition games that the Jets kind of need a little more of. So uh, Harkins being waived, it's tough for him. I, I feel bad for him. Um, unfortunately, you know, that that's kind of the nature of what the Jets are dealing with right now as this roster crunch is kind of settling in. And I think what Reichel did immediately slotting in, popping an assist, and looking a lot more comfortable with the top six, it, it does suggest that Jansen may have been passed by on the depth chart. Now, as for what it means for the Jets overall, there is a bit of a silver lining. 
usually when you do a move like this, it means that you're getting someone back. And I think uh, we've got two really big candidates, right? So Perfetti and Ehlers are our potential options. I guess Saku Mandalainen is another choice, but I think Perfetti was supposed to be the guy who was perhaps among the closer big names, right? So let's hope it's Cole. Uh, obviously, we want everyone to be healthy, but in terms of really impactful players that the Jets could bring back, um, Perfetti is one of the two biggest names that I think are, are still kind of outstanding. While Wheeler has definitely been finishing a lot of opportunities and stuff, he doesn't drive play in the same way that he used to, especially with what Cole was doing recently this season. So um, let's just hope that Perfetti is healthy. I think this would be a really big boost for Winnipeg's top six. The left side hasn't been as bad as the right side in terms of injuries, but certainly it's just coming down to Kyle Connor and whoever else they can find is not necessarily the best uh, the best arrangement, right? Let's be honest. It, it's been a little bit dry. So um, if Ehlers is somehow ready to go tomorrow, I'd be shocked. I don't think that they really want to rush him back. I think he's probably, I would say, a week and a half or so away. That's just a guess uh, based on the information that we have. Maybe he comes back sooner, um, but you know, sports hernia surgery can be pretty intensive. And while I'm sure that he's raring to go and jump back into game action, it's going to take him like a couple of games to get anywhere near like NHL skating speed again. And we don't know what his physical state's going to be like. It could be really tough, um, especially as he sort of shakes off the rust and also tries to shake off the the hernia recovery process. Uh, a lot of that hernia injury stuff and rehab can take away a player's speed. I mean, we've seen what other players like Wheeler look like with uh, all of those surgeries and things, and it, it, it takes a toll on you. So I'm hoping for Fly to be as as fast as he used to be, but it, it could be a bit of a, a curve for him to beat over the next couple of months. And I say that, you know, trying to set expectations for why uh, I, I think the Jets really still need to make a, a, a trade of some sort at least one, probably two more realistically. While I think, you know, this top six and, and top nine will look a lot better with uh, all of the players that we've we've got injured coming back, who knows what physical state they're going to be in and if they're going to be anywhere near, you know, even 80%. So I don't want to bank on that. I think the Jets probably shouldn't either. You know, with Hellebuck playing lights out again this year, it's just not a season that you can afford to throw away. I would be very happy if they put their eggs in one basket, not you know, unreasonably so, but, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, probably considering this to be one of their last big pushes with this core as it is before they have to start retooling and, and starting over. So cross your fingers. We'll see who it is tomorrow. If it's Mandelina, uh, I, I don't know that it really moves the needle much, but glad for him to get healthy and come back. Um, but let's also hope that one of the big boys is potentially due for a return to the team. Now, closing us out in just a little bit, I do want to talk about some comments that I saw uh, from Marat Atesh uh, speaking on um, some things that Rick Bonus said. And I think Bonus's comments are a really refreshing change of pace for, you know, not only the Jets, but for the fan base, too. We'll talk about what these comments are and uh, how they might sort of impact Winnipeg going forward. Hey, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. We are just uh, wrapping up real quickly with some interesting points from, from bonus that I think are really worth talking about because we're not really used to stuff being normal, right? I, I say that, and it sounds really funny, but when it comes to the Jets, they don't 
have a great track record with um, prospect development over the past few years, graduating prospects to the NHL level. It's one thing to draft really well, right? That That's not really an issue with the Jets, but it's another thing to actually get guys into the pro leagues. And the Jets have a more mixed reputation with that, especially once prospects hit the NHL. And I think that's why this year, um, bonus for me has done a lot of the things that I was really hoping to see. Uh, you know, obviously the, the Jets are are not a team that I, I would say has seen significant roster turnover in terms of like prospects filtering in. But, uh, you know, obviously the Jets are, are still kind of working out things um, under the new coaching staff. But there's been a shift towards trying to emphasize youth, trying to develop players the right way and trying to kind of get back on track with the whole draft and develop process. And so Bonus kind of said, you know, he gives players a long leash as long as they don't repeat the same mistakes. And, you know, a lot of what he does is he'll he'll bench players if he feels that they're not really living up to their standards and not really following his instructions. But otherwise, if it's like an occasional mistake or something, uh, you know, he tends to have this mindset of filing it away for a later point uh, of discussion and and kind of focusing on it later. I think there was a really good example the other night when Sandberg turned over the puck right in front of Hellebuck. It turned into an easy goal against. And then not long after, Sandberg was back out there and Dylan actually had a pretty solid game after that. I think that sort of uh, confidence in his players and giving them that vote of confidence and letting them know that he trusts them is a really positive thing. Maurice used to bench players pretty routinely, and you wouldn't always agree with the decision. But here, uh, when Bowens benches a guy, it, it's usually pretty warranted. And I think compared to what Maurice used to do in terms of his lineups and arrangements, I feel like Bones has a better pulse for the game. You know, not all of his combos for me are, are 100% the way I might orient it, but they're not as bad as we you know we used to have. And I think he's got a much better feel for the flow of the game, for who's doing well and all that. When, when Heinola uh, got promoted, you know, the other night, it was kind of a surprising to see because it wasn't always something we're used to where a player who's having a really strong night actually gets the the reward that they deserve. But once Morrissey went out, we saw tons of Heinola. He was racing up and down the ice. I thought that he handled his minutes well, even while being sheltered and, and given maybe softer matchups. But overall, you know, just a really refreshing thing to see. And I, I think it's it's just good news all around for the Jets. I think this philosophical push towards getting back to roots and, and seeing what the Jets used to do is really important for, you know, the next five to 10 years of Jets hockey. Winnipeg really needs to get back to uh, what we're, we're used to seeing with this team. But, you know, it is what it is, right? It's going to take a process. It's going to be slow. And I think we're going to have to just be patient with the two a point. But already we're seeing the fruits of, of Bones labor this year. I think this team is at a level that we haven't seen in a long time. And look, they might only be average on some evenings, but that's a heck of a lot better than we're used to, right? This team used to be hot garbage in many games. Now they're actually playing acceptable hockey. They're learning a lot of really good habits. And, you know, the kids are coming along and being given true chances to shine in ways that they never would have had under previous coaching staff. So good to see, good to hear, uh, just stuff that I'm really happy about. But long road ahead. Jets have a lot of work to do. We're going to have to just uh, take it, you know, one step at a time and hope that Winnipeg continues to 
um, prepare for the playoffs because that is their goal. That is their destination. And most likely they will make it this year. So let's hope for fun times and uh, a deep playoff run ahead. For tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Tomorrow we'll talk about how the Jets actually did against the Flames. Uh, It sounds like from reports that Nate Schmidt might be the one who may be returning to the lineup. He is a game-time decision, so we'll see if he is the guy that Harkins was demoted for. I would hope for a forward coming back, but, you know, it is what it is. Just have to cross our fingers and hope that uh, the Jets are are getting healthy sooner rather than later. But like I said, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects is available on YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.